We are Wrestling Elitist. I am your co-host, Alex Gibson, alongside the bad boy of podcasting, Chris Scott Moore and Sean <laughs> the Stash Nash. Okay. What's going okay. on, boys? Okay, I was about to say the bad boy. It's not going to me. That's I'll take the stash. Yeah, I saw your reaction on video. I kind of wish we were recording <laughs> video today. Uh, how's everything going? Chris, you're coming to us live from Parts Unknown. Yes, I'm in Sparta, Michigan. I'm in uh, Let's Go Brandon territory, based on some of the flags on some of the lawns here. <laughs> based on your backdrop, it even looks like it. You yeah, got a little... on the, yeah, we're staying at a Airbnb in uh, West Side of Michigan, very close to Grand Rapids. In fact, <laughs> well, 20 minutes uh... away from Grand Rapids, <laughs> which I totally oh. could have gone to, but I had other plans. Yes. Well, we appreciate your sacrifices and uh, you uh, still jumping on with us today, uh, despite your activities going on. Uh, happy National Pickleball Day to you and yours as well. Uh, we're back breaking down the week that was pro wrestling. I think it's exciting. There's some more positivity that we can do with WWE this week, which is exciting for us. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for your continued support. Last week, we had our biggest week of organic traffic to the website since our inception. Uh, you can check us out on social media at Wrestling Elitist Podcast or at our website, WrestlingElitist.com, for our latest articles and match reviews, including currently going on nightly star ratings of the G1 as it goes on in New Japan. Uh, Sean, can you please break it down for the people what we're going to be formatting for the show? Yep. Just like every week now, we're going to give you our news to start and then hit you with our match, moment, cringe, and what we're looking forward to in the uh, coming weeks and months. All right. Well, without further ado, Chris, what do you have for your news of the week? Yeah. So uh, I think it's a bigger story or trend coming, but Karrion Cross re-debuted on SmackDown uh, last week. Thankfully for him, there was no Jeff Hardy to job to, so he was able to <laughs> look good in his return. But no, he came back looking credible and he looked good. And there was a lot of other um, dog whistles, if you will, to show that the maybe NXT is going to be replicated on the main roster. You had Shayna Baszler winning the women's battle Royal uh, Nakamura is still in a featured spot. So there's a chance that what we could see on the main roster now WWE is going to represent what NXT was. I don't know the source of it, but apparently there's a triple H about the edict that it's going to be a wrestling show and less of a sports entertainment show. And if that's the case, we're in for, we're in for good shit. Like this is going to be awesome. This is what we hoped would happen as much as we enjoyed the rise of AEW and still want it obviously to do good. Like I don't want it to do bad by any means, but it's good to have two products that are really good and it's going to be a good competition. It'll be a lot of fun in the next uh, coming months and maybe year. So hopefully some good things continue to happen. Other good news, like Johnny Ace getting fired. That's another good sign. So good hopefully more think. good shit happens there. Yeah, and, and to go on the, the cross thing, first of all, I said this when we were in Dallas, but him with hair, he just looks like he looks like he went to rehab and came back a, a Christian. Born that's all I can ever think yeah. of when I see him. Uh, so that's an interesting look for him. But Where he got like a I'm, normal job. Like he was like, yeah, this wrestling thing isn't paying out. Like I'm going to. Yeah, like, he's been humbled a little bit. Whatever yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to test and get my Series 7. <laughs> yeah. But I also saw something, I think it was from PW Insider, that the plan right now is for him to be the number two heel behind yeah. Roman Reigns. So it's interesting to see how quickly things have changed. You know, we we sat here and said, like, we didn't know how quickly things would move and how much Triple H was going to change things in the immediate uh, versus kind of the long term. But two, three weeks in to already see Karrion Cross back. Uh, I expect to see Johnny Gargano and... Candice LeRae back fairly, fairly soon, which I think is actually preferable. I think AEW doesn't really have a spot for at least Johnny. I think Candice could easily slide right in and, and be a, of use to the AEW women's division. But overall, seeing those two come back and then just to kind of go into my uh, kind of news of the week, because it kind of ties in, is the Sasha and Naomi news that they're potentially coming back. So seeing those two come back after walking out back in what, May, April? And you saw WWE kind of throw them completely under the bus. And now there's rumors that they're coming back right away. So um, Triple H is clearly changing some stuff, changing the culture a little bit too. And especially with Johnny yeah. Ace gone now, like you said, Chris, I think there's not really uh, a whole lot of reason for people that might've been scared to sign with WWE three months, two months ago uh, to have that same feeling now. 
Yeah, I mean, I just feel good that Karrion Cross, not to go back to him, but um, it's just good that he doesn't have, he gets a second chance and that isn't his epitaph is like the fact that he got to wear weird demolition gear and lose to Jeff Hardy yeah. in just this True. most belittling way. Like he gets some dignity back and like you do feel for these guys that get called up or get their spot and they get handed the dumbest creative and then they're a bad worker or they don't know how to wrestle or they're not a star and it's they like, can't get over. Yeah. And it's like, you feel bad for them because it's not, not their fault. You're going to, some of these people have to say yes to some of this stuff when you're in such a beginner position or you have no equity or no stake or no track record where you could say like, no, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not fucking doing that. Uh, so it's good for him that he's able to get another shot and chance. I've never loved him as a worker per se. Like he's just seemed always good. I've never really got a chance to watch him. So this will be fun. Um, but it's just nice that he's not getting humiliated or belittled anymore. And that doesn't have to be what his reputation is. Well, and he's such a good talker, but you wouldn't know that by watching his main roster WWE work because everything's so scripted. So to let him once again, go, with his own scripts that he's writing, I think is going to also pay dividends. And he does a mean Jesse, the body. <laughs> he does that video of him and SRS working out is good. <laughs> Sean, how about you? What were your, what was your news of the week? My news is good old Dwayne Johnson, the rock and uh, his seven buck productions and vices dark side of the ring are working together on a territory documentary called tales from the territories. It's going to come out in October, uh, October 4th. Hopefully it'll just be cool stories of a time before I started watching wrestling. I don't know, Chris, you're a little older. You might, uh, you might've seen the territory days. Shots <laughs> fired. Jesus. <laughs> but uh, no, 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 we're not that old, but uh, hopefully it'll be just fun. Like, kind of the early episodes of dark side of the ring where it was a little more informational and not just straight, the straight, straight darkness and sad things of wrestling. So um, I'm hoping just to kind of be more informative, fun, fun, kind of uplifting, especially if um, the rock's going to be in it. He's going to probably shine some light on his uh, family heritage in um, the wrestling industry. So it'll be cool. Yeah, Chris, tell us about the uh, tape trading days. Do you remember those days? Uh, Shut up. Yeah, back. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm looking forward to it because it will give me an excuse to watch like Mid-South and World Class and old Memphis shit. And yeah, so you remember what it looked like. And uh, But no, it was cool. Like things were legendary. Like angles were uh, because you didn't have instant access to everything like you would on YouTube. I know I'm sounding really old when I say this, but it was a big deal to like you'd read about. Uh, an angle on John McAdams' website, and then you would get a tape shipped to you three weeks later. So this, all this anticipation of what this angle could look like would be, and it was a lot of fun when you'd see something. And granted, it wasn't always that good, but just the you're wanting to get it and not having access to it always made it more pleasurable. But I'm excited for the show because, again, it will give me an excuse to go back on the website and review some old Mid-South and world-class shit. And I think too, with the rock behind it, he's big on, I read an interview with him in GQ once where like one of his like silly monster action movies with like a monkey and he wanted like a happy ending and he had to like fight to like make that happen. And that's his big thing is like, well, I just like happy endings and I want things to people to walk away happy. And that's one thing that you really couldn't do with dark side of the ring. It's like (laughs) a lot of those stories, there wasn't a way to like go, go away happy, but they did a good job when there would be a moment of levity and you would see like with Jake Roberts family, how you'd find out like, Hey, they got their life back together. And there was a couple of moments with like the Brian Pillman one where it's like, Oh, this isn't like all, tragic and the Owen Hart and Martha Hart one too. So I'm sure they'll be able to do some uplifting stuff and I'm sure like they want to do some uplifting stuff. I mean, Jesus, you can't do, you can't work on like a Herb Abrams story for that long and be like, God, I just wish I could say something nice or positive and not have to be about Coke and fucking your life up. Yeah. It's time to put the spotlight on the the good things of wrestling, not the, uh, the dark side of the ring, the, the bright exactly. side of the ring. There's a lot so, of good things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like back in those days, there was just there was heat from the crowd just from the invading Ric Flair coming in or the new person from a different territory. So things like that will just be cool to hear of just things that just were evolved before our time and to see what they are even now. Yeah, and I honestly I'm jealous of the people that got to like really experience the territory times. I think that it was just such a different and like more exciting thing. And to have kind of your hometown hero or like your, or, you know, your territories, big baby face and everything like that. 
uh, you know, we've got who, I mean, who's, who's on top at XICW, Sean? Oh, MM3. Uh, yeah. The Monroe family for sure. <laughs> yeah. And to, and to have like the, but to truly have those, those guys that are traveling and then, you know, they, they'll do their couple of years and kind of jump, jump to the next territory. I just think it would have been cool to experience that. Although I'm very happy that we just have as much wrestling as we have to the point where we complain about too much now. Uh, not a bad problem to have. So um, I, I think I'm going to move this into the news of the week as well, just because uh, last week we got our first real glimpse at the AEW Fight Forever video game. Uh, something that we've been seeing a little bit, but it's been about a year, I feel like, since we've seen any any new designs. Last week we got a teaser trailer and a little bit of a, a bio about it. And then I believe on Friday we'll be getting a further look into it when THQ has their big reveal. So I've seen a leaked trailer. I, I think the game looks decent. It doesn't look like it's quite what I wanted, but also it seems like it's kind of what a lot of other people did want in terms of looking like the WWF No Mercy video game, um, kind of having that arcade style. Oh. I think that, um, you know, I personally, I like the, the WWE games, like WWE, like back in the day, like, um, what was it? Smackdown, Here Comes the Pain. That's always been a classic for me. That was like the first wrestling video game I ever played. WCW, and I, NWO. Yes. Yep. Playing that. Um, also, even the first like Smackdown versus Raw was pretty fun. So I think that those games were fun. And what worries me is that they almost went too much for the nostalgia piece of like trying to make it like No Mercy. I think when people said they wanted it like No Mercy, they meant the simplicity of playing the game. It was very much a game where like it, you didn't have to, you know, whole combo attacks. It was very much one button to do one thing. And then you could transition by hitting another button. And it was just kind of a smoother experience for a player. And it feels like they took it too literal. And they were like, Hey, what if we made that exact same game, but in 2022? So I'm a little bit, uh, I never know. Is it bearish? Is that when you're not high on something and then bullish is good. I think I'm going to go with it. Sounds right. I'm a little bearish on the game. Will I still buy it? Absolutely. Uh, will I, you know, probably enjoy it? Most likely. I think, you know, with Kenny Omega at the head, it's probably going to still be fun. Um, but between the little bit I've seen and also the rumors that they don't have full entrances, partially because of licensing problems with the music, they only licensed oh. music for television. A little concerned. But uh, what were your guys' kind of initial thoughts, Sean? I think you had your... My hand up. Yeah. Even yeah. with that news, it kind of definitely kind of takes me back to the nostalgia of those old N64 games where it was just random tracks and entries coming through. Um, to me, it kind of looks just like a uh, 22 version of like a 2022 version of a iPhone game that just has a little bit improved graphics. Did the guys look a little too jacked up, bubble like bubbly kind of? I'm definitely going to buy it. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but uh, it'll be cool to just have another wrestling game out there and with wrestlers that we'd love to actually play with not not um gold dust or anyone from wwe i like that you use gold dust and we'll actually and he's in have gold dust i know <laughs> I, like i'm like who can i even say in the moment but hornswoggle there we go thank you chris yeah, do you I, have any thoughts that? no i'm terrible at video games so i was yeah. like i don't know what the fuck did like what, what am i gonna like okay when you mentioned the fact that it was yeah shut up. <laughs> but when you mentioned it was like easier to do i was like oh good like maybe i can <laughs> maybe get like a finisher on one of you guys at one point and not just get mad and quit <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah and i think ultimately it'll be fun and like you said sean we'll be able to play with some of these wrestlers that we've been fans of for years but haven't been in a video game um, you know, thinking the young bucks and, and even Kenny, you've always had to play with those guys as like created people within the WWE universe, you know, fan created, which they don't get to have their move set and things like that. So, and I never got into the, um, the fire pro wrestling, the video game that yeah, just kind of Japan like, one. Yeah. So you could like download it here. I'm not that technical. Yeah. savvy. I don't know how to get into that, but it looks cool. Just never, never managed to get there. Yeah, or people like uh, Tony Khan who play those like simulator games where you don't even actually do the wrestling. You just are doing booking and then trying to see if you can like gain fans. Like GM mode. I thought I was in deep with wrestling and then I learned about Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's move on to match of the week. And before we before we jump right to it, I will say that part of my cringe of the week this week is that uh, I 
completely forgot to set my DVR for Battle of the Belts, which I've done now two times in a row. And so I did not get to witness the three matches that occurred there and have not been able to figure out how to watch it. So I will have nothing to add with your match of the week, but go ahead, Chris, and tell the people. Well, you can download the TNT app. There you go. Do that. That's how you do it. Thanks. But you could have shared that information yesterday when I texted the group chat. Well, Sean gave you a suggestion. You (laughs) You didn't try on demand. I did try on demand and nothing. Okay. Yeah, then download the app. As long as you have like a cable login, like use your steal your parents' login. I got cable. Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this was a good show. Uh, Claudio and Takeshita had a show stealing match that was worth the hype. I mean, I thought it was getting a little bit overhyped and the spoilers that kind of came out of like, hey, this is really good. It's going to be a great match. Uh very technical in the beginning of it. I mean, which was fine. They did a lot of scientific wrestling reversals and things of that nature. Then it kicked up a notch when it was going to the finish. Like Jesus, Louisa. So that was just nothing but false finishes totally. that were timed so perfectly. They were big moves that felt almost to the point of like, okay, now they're not selling enough. It's a little bit rushed, but it was just enough where it was still fast paced and moving. Uh, Takeshita did a great like DDT on the, I've never seen that. Never Maybe seen that. No, but no. that DDT with uh, on Claudio's on the head, and then he, the, yeah, uh, it was good. On the Just a different way of doing it. That was so cool. Very interesting. Yeah, and then he uh, did a frog splash that the camera had covered in a good way to make it look like he hit it when he kind of was a <laughs> yeah, little short. But the there was a spot where Claudio went to do the Ricola bomb, and he just backdropped out of it and that got such a huge like false finish like whoa shit like he's not maybe he can win and that's what made the match good is like you knew Takeshita wasn't going to win but the suspension of disbelief was so there Mm -hmm. um Sean what were your thoughts about the match um yeah kind of like you said in the beginning just the the technical technical battles or test of strengths that they had was beautiful and then as the match went on it just felt like there wasn't a moment where the they two the two of them weren't touching there was always action but there wasn't just like rest hold they were always moving always kind of twirling about to uh to get the upper hand claudio had a beautiful uppercut counter to the second time uh Takeshita tried to do that leaping lariat beautiful connection um and two the commentary team really sells it like throughout the whole match they're they're perfect a great that's a foursome and that was a, a great show and no one kind of really ran over the other person. Um, they mentioned El Generico. And as soon as they did that, it was just like, yep, there's the hell of a kick. There's the blue thunder bomb or, and then beautiful, beautiful um, comparisons. And you can really see it with Takeshita with his just physicality and his um, speed in the ring kind of really mirrors El Generico back in the day. Um, beautiful. Like there was a little bit of that no selling near the end when things kind of picked up. But Takeshita, as he did go for that Cinnabon, really sold the back after uh, he was yeah. really working it early on with the, um, I don't know what you call those when you just drop someone on your knee, but Claudio just does it so freaking much and it, to the yeah. point where it looks like it actually like hurts. So beautiful match. Uh, you were kind of debating on four and a half, four and, a, four and three quarters. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, but it was definitely a fun, fun match. Just action from start to the beginning or start to end. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't give it five. Um, it had a lot of great energy, but it didn't have it was a cold storyline going in. I mean, there was no angle whatsoever. And, it, and that doesn't mean that you can't have a five star match or a four and a quarter one. But there was just no story going into it. And there was no chance that Takeshita was going to win. Now, that being said, I think this is a good opportunity for Takeshita to come back and maybe win the title down the line. Um, I don't know what his deal is like with DDT, what his future looks like, but boy, oh boy, there's going to be a war on talent again, and you're going to have to piss people off probably, and Tony may have to be Mr. Mean Guy and just fucking sign him because the audience clearly wants him and they like him, and sure as shit, Hunter's not going to care about some deal with, like, be nice to DDT. He's not going to give a fuck. He's going to sign him, and that's the type of guy that you would want to maybe not build your company around per se, but just someone you can rely on to have great matches. And him and Claudio are perfect counterparts. They're very similar in that like, yeah, they're not the best vocal, um, you know, talkers, but just in ring, they're a class of their own and they're geniuses at what they do. And they have such a reality based style. Um, 
Claudio is coming off like Okada with his uppercuts and the, like, like his uppercuts were like um, Okada's drop kicks. They just were perfectly timed. And every time he does it, it's like, Oh, that's so good for such a simple move. And he hits it right when you're supposed to hit it to create a great reaction. So these two have great chemistry. That would be awesome as a payoff because to catch to, like you mentioned, Alex, it's like, this guy's great and everyone loves him, but he hasn't been utilized to the, best of his capacity they haven't had a storyline behind him it's just been i'm this awesome guy who has awesome matches which is fine but i think to really do something on the next step is to ha- actually have him have a storyline to do a to get a bigger reaction i think people would just fall in love with him and uh the, the people definitely love him we heard from the boots on the ground that we had over there the wrestling elitist uh, fandom uh, <laughs> yeah people loved it the, uh, it was the that match was hot you could i i don't know if you really heard it in the I just kind of watched on my laptop on on demand, so I didn't get to hear all too well. But they, they said the crowd was hot in Van Andel for him. So please, Tony, uh, get something working with DDT. Let's uh, let's keep that boy here. Yeah, I think it'd be a waste to have Takesh to have all of these matches and then there never be a payoff to it. Uh, and 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 I think that he's he's somebody who's got a incredible move set. He's he. he he looks so fluid when he like jumps out of the ring, like when he does his uh, tope. Whenever he does anything, really, it just like it oh, his jumps out catches of the ring your right. eye. Which, yeah. which like that's something that so many people do that to stand out in the way that you do it nowadays. I think it, it says a lot. Um, so I'm looking forward to hopefully catching that now on uh, the TNT app. So thank you, Chris. Uh, and also, that's not an ad, uh, but I will be using utilizing the TNT app to do that. Nice. Um, he he kind of reminds me too of like he's got. Koto Abushi's like awesome selling and realism, but he has mm-hmm. like almost like a Tanahashi ability with like psychology. Like he's just kind of kind of like a mix of different people. I just I just like his style. Like he, he's he's too big to be a Abushi type. I mean, I think he's a lot bigger than Abushi, right? Like he looks way bigger. He looks like bigger. a tree. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, he just he's got a good. Um, not to be a weirdo, I think I'm a scout or something, but like he's got a good shape to him. You know, I don't know. He just looks good. And it's like, God, I hope they could get him full time. But frame. I think it's like the moment was lost, perhaps. Yeah, he's a real five tool player. I think that's what scouts say, right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so weird, uh, that jargon. Well, I will, uh, I'll, I'll report back next week on uh, my official match of the week. But as of now, it is uh, Britain Jamie Hayter defeating Thunderstorm this past week on dynamite. I think uh, I am not going out on a limb by saying that Tony storm is by far the best wrestler, female wrestler on the roster. She's one of the top five wrestlers on the roster in general right now. Um, And it's kind of like getting to a point for me, at least where seeing her like seeing like thunder Rosa have the title and not her. I'm kind of like, this almost feels like it's devalued right now. Um, But seeing that match, I thought it was good to see, um, Jamie Hader get be the one that you know got the win, yes. hitting that lariat at the end. Um, and also the the running back and forth hip attacks that uh, Tony did kind of right before that lariat that ended it. Uh, those are just so brutal. Every time I watch them, I'm like, how is this being like? Wh- how is this a work? Like, how is this not yeah. just a concussion every single time for right. somebody? Fontes perfect. Um, it's a it's a pretty it's a it's a pretty brutal looking move. Um, and I. I think it's kind of getting to a point though. I, I do want to point out with Brit and Jamie Hayter that like, it's kind of like a, like a Jericho storyline where I'm like, I kind of just want that split to be to happen and be over with. Like the idea of it isn't as exciting as it was a few months ago when they were teasing it super hard. And now all of a sudden, like this week they were actually kind of on the same page and they seem to, to be together, but I don't know how long that's lasting. Um, but it was, it was cool to see, Jamie get the, the win so that going into Battle of the Belts, I don't know what happened because I haven't watched yet. Uh, but to see her potentially look like she had a chance at winning because I think part of the problem around Battle of the Belts is have they even had a title change on Battle of the Belts? Um, Did, didn't did Sammy win like an interim one or like Scorpio? Okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe a Scorpio. I think but there like, was a goofy one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because like... One. Cause like, he, it, like, it's like you said, even with like the, you know, the Takeshita and Claudio match, like as great as that match was, there was no story to it. No build. Um, Tony, I, I wish you would stop treating the battle of the belts, like a bit of an afterthought. 
I get it. It's a pre-taped show. It's a Saturday night special event thing. But at the end of the day, I'd really like to see it become something like if you're going to do the gimmick as Battle of the Belts, then make it actually mean something. The first one did, I think, with Christian and Kenny Omega, even though that wasn't like whatever it was in concert. No, that was a rampage. rampage. That's right. Rampage. Battle, the first Battle of the Belts was garbage. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That yeah, was, it, it was, was back in like January. I can't remember. Dookie, I can't even remember what the card it was. was. Like Brit versus Rio. That's right. Yeah, Brit and Rio. I think Dustin wrestled someone. Maybe Sammy. That might have been the Sammy Guevara. That yeah, was when it was Sammy and Dustin. One because yeah. Cody lost. Yeah, whatever. Anyways. Um, Awful. Yeah, the, the, this was a good show, though. It, it felt like a good Saturday night's main event. It more at stake now granted like i think what needs to happen too is rampage needs to up its game a little bit yeah. and not feel like velocity which that sounds like hyperbole but it's not i think it's been a little bit of like velocity or thunderish lately and it's not even coming to a smackdown level like it's been like b show b show lately though there's good things in there if you're a big fan like us you'll love it but i don't know how well it's registering it's- with its audience just it's together. good wrestling, but it's not a good wrestling show. Yeah. Everything's just thrown together, hodgepodge and left for ton up. And there, yeah, there's no hour. there's there's no sense of urgency to watch it. Like I yeah. am never on a Friday night at nine fifty, like I gotta why am I not home right now? Or, you know, I gotta get in front of a TV. Yeah. I just don't don't really care. Um good. And, and actually I, I'd like to I'm gonna do this without a, I didn't talk about this pre-show with you guys, but it's not on our uh, list of things to talk about, but that just makes me think with rampage and the Mance Warner versus Mox match. There's been quite a bit of kind of uh, fan backlash and even some wrestlers liking tweets about the fact that Mance Warner was just given a title shot at the interim title. Like I know he technically won that title shot through uh, the Ric Flair bunkhouse battle Royal thing that he won you know, during Ric Flair's last match. Mark prestige. Yeah. Yeah. But, but ultimately like you've got all these guys on that aren't getting title shots and sure it's an interim title, give these guys a chance, but why, you know, are you kind of feeling like there's any, are you guys feeling like they need to stop kind of having these guys just come in for things like this? Like, cause Takeshita got a title match with no real reasoning against Claudio. Mance got that showcase with Mox um, we've seen it in the past. I'm not really able to think of any direct examples right now. I wouldn't count like the Nick Cage thing because that Jeff was at least, like, a storyline. Yes, he, yes. Yeah. Well, exactly. that was like so, that was like a storyline of Jericho's hiring people to take out Moxley, kind of like. MJF's yeah, at least there was there was fight. at least something to it, but yeah, but like, but especially but you like, can pay think, people internally to do it theoretically. Yeah, like he could yeah. come up and turn. Yeah, that's what you know, that's a lucha what you got the butcher and the blade for. Yeah, yeah, butcher and the yeah, blade. They precisely. they lose every single time as mercenaries. You know, they're that's their gimmick. And I just think, you know, with I I've I've been fine with a lot of it because I think it's cool to see these indie guys get a chance. But I don't think that the main title is the one you do that with. I think you do that with the All Atlantic title. You do that with the TNT title. All Atlantic title. Uh, so what like it just feels like why are they doing do they not have faith in some of these other guys like kip sabian's been sitting ringside for a year and a half with a box over his head and he can't get on tv and maybe he's injured but they've never addressed that he's still injured i know he was injured originally um but like i just don't get what the reasoning is for that i think mance warner had an awesome promo by the way would love to see him get signed by roh i just think AW needs to kind of focus. Like it's almost like they struggle to focus on the people that they have at times. I just yeah, don't know my, if you guys have any additional thoughts. To that. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I think they're some of it. I think is he's just, okay, I'm getting from, I don't have to build to a show yet to a pay-per-view show yet. And I think maybe he's putting these guys in as stop gaps and maybe that's where Tony's coming from. And also some of my enjoyment of the product has gone up when I've gone and thought of it as just a showcase for the best indie wrestling or the best guys that are non WWE. And it makes the show a lot more enjoyable as opposed to like, there's a coherent storyline where every week that's another chapter and it's building and it's going to crescendo at a pay-per-view. I think it's more so just a spotlight for good matches. 
Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good point. I think I in that case I wish that they would have built up the bunkhouse battle royal in some form the week oh, sure. before, and then after even like shown highlights of it, had those rights to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm sure, mm-hmm. Conrad would have charged an arm and a leg for, but uh, he finds your home. <laughs> yeah, he gets a free ad on TNT for his mortgage company or something. But like, I, I think that that's money? what you need sure to you do. do. like i think that that's what they needed to do was kind of build up before that bunkhouse battle royal because i had no idea until mance warner was did that promo that that's what that was from and so to just have it thrown in there it just makes it seem like nothing really matters which is a big complaint that a lot of us fans had about wwe where AEW was supposedly going to be addressing that with the whole idea of rankings and everything like that so at least make that bunkhouse battle royal important when it happens so that people have an idea. That's I think that's the biggest thing is like you're messing with the continuity of the rankings and that's supposed to have merit. Like Hangman hasn't had a return match. And he could say like Wardlow did of like I'm foregoing my number one opportunity or number one contendership because I'm pursuing something else like Wardlow did. Wasn't the smartest thing, yeah. but at least it's like, okay, it, you're addressing the elephant in the room. Um, my other thing I was going to say about the – fucking what's his nuts the uh, independent guy that came on the show but some of it is is just moxley wants to just like do his style of shit and just do what he wants oh yeah and that's also part of it as well like so some of the wrestlers can't have it both ways of like well you came here because you want to have the freedom to do your type of stuff that you want to do okay well then you get to be able to wrestle those so like for miro to like stuff like that's getting to cringe kind of like how you said like wrestlers who like themselves or like like yeah. feedback of themselves. That's also a thing that's like, yeah, I get it that you're a heel and like Ethan Page is doing it now a little bit too with like referencing the MJF thing. But like that stuff is like, and I think you'll talk about it later on, but I think that stuff is getting old too. Like the meta thing of um, I'm not happy here. I'm not utilized as well as I should be. Like, do you want to go back to being in the un-Americans, whatever the fuck that stable was called that and get beat up by Shawn Michaels? Oh, and- Yeah. Oh, like that shit. Like that was goofy. Like League of Nations. Yeah. League of Nations, whatever. But like, I, I, I cringe anytime I see a wrestler who's like, no, oh, I don't like my storyline. Well, well and I, I, actually, I, I actually think Miro was doing Miro's Miro and FTR are both guys that are, are known to just do that because they know that people will see it. So yeah. I actually, I actually don't think that Miro is upset. I mean, he just signed a five year extension and said that this is the happiest he's ever been in his career so right. and, 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 and again to your point i think they're working like the ftr stuff is a word but it's still too, annoying but but it, yeah it's like there's going to be people that don't aren't working and they're going to shoot themselves in the foot when they do that stuff totally catch C- tony khan on a bad day a little too much of whatever all right moving on <laughs> to our moment of the week chris what did you have Mine was a simple thing. Stokely Hathaway just bopping down that aisle on Rampage. He had that music on, loving that new Layla Gray entrance and loving her. That was the shit. I like. I think we talked about this, I don't know, like last week. Like We watch so much wrestling and you're so cynical. You don't respond. It's almost like a comedian watching comedy where they just go, that's funny. And there's no reaction <laughs> outwardly. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm like that watching wrestling. And that did make me pop watching how much fucking fun he was having to like bopping down there. And he's so proud of himself. And he clearly like has a crush on her as a character. It was just charming. I was, I fucking loved it. And like, he's so great at his job. I love, I love what he does. That was great. Uh, I think like he could a, be. looked like a dance move of yours. Kind of just. Bah, 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 uh, oh yeah. From, from yeah. WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. He knows how to. He knows he knows who know, who has moves like Jagger, uh, but no, I uh, I just like too that he can be like a Bobby Heenan in that uh, he's not like the same type of character per se, but he's the initiator for a storyline or is a catalyst for a lot of major angles, and you can use him effectively in that role. And he seems like he's getting a chance to do that right now on Rampage, where he's initiating so much storyline and drama and conflict, and that's good. Stokely is an absolute star. And oh yeah, I'm top tier. I'm very glad that he chose not to resign before uh, Triple H took over because I think AEW needed him. I think he I think he's actually important for being able to build up people mm-hmm. and just like you said, kind of being able to move things along on Rampage. And ultimately, he's just he's got such a like 
like a good sense of humor. He's comfortable on the mic. He's just, I think he's exactly what you want in a manager. And there's a lot of people who try to be like that, but they don't, it doesn't work. It doesn't connect, yeah. but it's natural for him. And Absolutely. so, and so I'm, I'm happy he's an AEW. Uh, and, and I think that, yeah, like it was, it was a small part. It was funny because when you, when you made that at your moment of the week, I went back and watched it just to be like, wait, what was he talking about? Cause it was such a small little thing, but it's so fun. Yeah. It's the best. Good and what's shit. wrestling, if not fun? That'd Fuck be fun. Yeah. F you and Sean. <laughs> Sean, what was your moment of the week? Uh, my moment was um, I think it's what two nights ago now. Okada finally came lost to his uh, the first monster in his uh, his block. He's got them all in his block, and finally, finally took the the big L. Beat uh, Fale and Cobb, and then Yano. I can't really count him as a big guy, but uh, <laughs> Jonah, Jonah's the one who, to take him down. It's kind of surprising. Um, guy kind of very new into New, new Japan, especially New Japan and not uh, New Japan Strong. Hopefully it's a good thing for him. Kind of sets him up to be the um, the next new big bad if hopefully we lose Fale and Lance Archer is going to be in AEW for the foreseeable future. Um That'd be good for him. I'm sure this this kind of ties him up with uh, Okada in the standings for the A block, but uh, that'll probably just end up in him being in fodder for Jay White in the semifinals to come. But crazy to see and uh, Okada just on his back losing to a, a big nobody. It's always a big I deal anytime that, Okada. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that's the coolest thing about the G1 to me is that you never really know who's going to have mm-hmm. the big win over an Okada or, or a Tanahashi, those things like that, like beyond when it's Yano, cause Yano is always going to play fodder for people There's something uh, there. because it's, you know, he'll be goofy and get a W there. But I, I, uh, I have not watched the match. I'm way, way behind on the G1, but um, it's one to go watch. Be interesting to, to see for sure. Yeah. I was going to just say the same point. We can corporate synergy. We can, yeah, we can we can we, we can edit my little interruption and then we can just cut my little thing out right here because I was going to say the same thing. I'll leave it. I'll let people know that we're on the same page. <laughs> uh, my moment of the week then was uh, the undisputed elites breakup. I'm glad that they didn't really drag this out. That they just did it the first time that they were back out there together. You kind of sense it was coming right before uh, Cole gave the line of you know you're not going to. I, you know, I didn't say I, I didn't want you to compete. I said, you're not going to be able to compete or whatever it was. Um, and seeing that little boy cry just instantly, like he was, they, like, <laughs> Quick he was talk, instantly crying. Yeah. And like the, the fact that they, it was like, they had the cameras ready. They knew he was going to cry. Um, absolutely. Uh, one of those just like magical moments that I'm almost like jealous of that kid. Like in the future, if he's still a wrestling fan to have that, like that was me. I cried when, undisputed elite broke up and just being able to kind of see that start. I was a little bit like, I hate to say this cause I love hangman, but I was a little bit bummed when it was his music that hit to save the bucks. I, cause I had worked myself into believing that this was happening Kenny. so that Kenny could come and make the save. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall uh, good to see them potentially having a little bit of a reunion and potentially, you know, see this as, you know, it's going to play out somehow in that trios tournament. Yeah, I got me thinking too. It's gonna be funny when like my son cries because like Hook gets a haircut. <laughs> they like do that to <laughs> and like ah, gets all upset. <laughs> Daniel Garcia cuts Hook's hair. It probably will oh, happen God. like in five years. It'll be like a storyline. <laughs> well, uh, moving on to our cringe of the week, Chris. What did you have? Oh boy. Uh, so Triple H was on a podcast with Logan Paul and he made a comment about how before Vince wrestling was in tiny bars, like a couple things. So one, I hate WWE's revisionist history. And I was hoping with him in charge, they would just cut that shit out. Like it doesn't do anything. It doesn't make WWE stock higher. Like that miss the, the whole, the whole canard of like, if the Vince is the visionary and Vince is the creator of this and without him, the stock would tank. Well, that's obviously not true. It went up so high the moment he left. So some of his old lies need to go, but it's, it's just such a weird thing that they have to play this game of not acknowledging their own company's history. 
Vince's dad sold out the garden a bajillion times. It's just so stupid. Like, I wish they would not do that. Um, mm-hmm. I know that they felt they had to begin because that was Vince's selling himself. And that was the charm of how Vince would sell the company to investors. And maybe in its own weird way, he feels like he owes it to him. But it's just so insulting to Vince's dad, who by all means was like a very great businessman and his grandfather also sold out the garden of the chillion depths too. Like wrestling was not in tiny bars ever. It was always a huge, huge, huge arena draw in sport. That. And also we talked about it at the top with uh, the new show that the rock is putting on. Like Vince killed the territories that were doing thousands of people a week mm-hmm. to see the same, the same people in the same area. Like, Wrestling was always big, even when it was just basically house shows, like you just said. I get it. Like, you want to hype him up. And maybe there's a little bit of it that's like, all right, we'll keep him at bay by, you know, we still play up to his ego. And also, at the end of the day, it is Triple H's father-in-law. father-in-law. Yeah. But I, I would, it's almost like I would just wish, like, just don't say anything. It's not like you have to say it. You don't have to say the other the other way around of like, oh, yeah, Vince didn't. You know, like what, we, what you were just saying there, Chris, but like you still want to have some sort of respect for what wrestling has been and was before. Yeah. Where you came from. Yeah, totally. And, and you can still say Vince did so much for the business by creating WrestleMania yeah. and Vince making the company a global brand. And those are things that Vince has done really well. And he made wrestlers um, household names and people who don't like wrestling publicly or think that's, that's fucking stupid. They can still identify 10 wrestlers easily. If you were like that, 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 that shit's lame. They could still point out 10 wrestlers easy with at the drop of a hat. If you just held up a fucking three by five card with a picture on it, they would know who each person is. And that's a quite the achievement and that's good enough. You don't have to completely disregard the history of what wrestling was, especially within your own goddamn company. Like it's your company that you're taking over. If anything, you want to be able to, I I would think you'd want to go the other way and saying like, this is how long we've been viable uh, as opposed to like, Hey, don't panic. It's not going to go to shit in a couple of months just because I'm in charge. Like you'd want to do the other thing (laughs) of saying like, Hey, this is a company that's been around for 70 years. So don't think there's anything to worry about. Yeah. And you just talking about it being like wrestling is, has always been somewhat mainstream. It just makes me think of, uh, back in like back during the Daniel Bryan, which I'm allowed to say that because I'm talking it's about him totally as Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I love uh, that look that- on, on your face. <laughs> and, and by the way, too, let me just say this: listening to the episode last week in the shower, I could I could literally see your eyes not on me in the shower, of course, but I could literally see your <laughs> eyes. Like, am I saying it the wrong way? Like the paranoia in your Every voice time. was palpable. It was beautiful. Every single time, and I can feel my, You're grim, my like just face, looking at <laughs> my my face gets red every time as I say oh, yeah. his name. But, but do you remember uh, when like MSU was doing the the Daniel Bryan Yes Chance back? Yeah. Like at like all of their like he, they would have an entire crowd at a basketball game doing the Yes Chant, but everyone will say like, "Oh yeah, wrestling's late. Nobody nobody cares about wrestling." It's like you guys are all doing the biggest thing in wrestling, right? Same thing with the Suck It Chance. You yeah, know what I mean, like all of that. I remember, like, even because I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling at the time when, like, like suck it was at its peak. Uh, but I remember seeing like kids are like, were always doing that, like, and stuff like that. Like, it's always going to be like a part of pop culture. Um, yeah, and and a lot of that is is because of like it being brought, you know, like to television the way that it was and going being a public company like WWE is. Um, but ultimately, you know, there's a lot of people that had a hand in making WWE, you know paving the way for WWE. Like, I mean, look at the NWA in the eighties and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it is just kind of comes off a little bit tone deaf at times there. Um, Sean, how about you? What was your cringe of the week? Mine plain and simple, just a little FOMO that we had from listening or missing out on the, uh, the local shows that we've had. We had friends of the show everywhere that you could see on TV, right front center stage to the corner. But where are we back in Auburn Hills and, sparta wherever the hell that is <laughs> uh, uh, right next right next to the show oh actually. that's even worse so yeah at least we have some cred but uh we all have responsibilities and families that we love so you know we got to put those before wrestling sometimes but we had friends scissoring wrestlers how can yeah. how can we not be there 
Yeah, shout out to our uh, our foreign correspondent uh, bird for uh, scissoring both Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. There, definitely Lucky wish Caster. we could have made it, and uh, jealous seeing uh, some of the seats that people had for that for both Dynamite this week that we knew, as well as uh, for Battle of the Belts. And I I feel like uh, now I really need to get a front row seat somewhere because I really do feel that FOMO. It sounds hype. Well, my cringe of the week, we kind of alluded to it earlier. It's a lot of the kind of meta-ness going on uh, within AEW specifically. And this week it was Thunder Rosa wearing that sandbagging t-shirt. First of all, like we, we've talked about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But when you look at what that whole incident was, and that was referencing the Marina Shafir match, which now was like, what, like a month and a half ago. So it's already kind mm-hmm. of weird to be wearing that shirt now. But the women's division is one of the things that's completely like the most like shit on from a fan perspective of AEW. And so to then highlight and almost like keep being proud of that incident uh, where it was kind of looked like Thunder Rosa was sandbagging against Marina, not selling things, kind of just being a lump of potatoes in the ring uh, to reference it and kind of just make it some meta thing, especially like sandbagging. Like it's one thing to use the word Mark. I, I, under, I understand using Mark as a kind of a meta like promo thing. Because um, it exists in other worlds too. It's yes, not just exactly, wrestling. But, it's a carny but term. Sand, yes. Sandbagging legitimately just implies that wrestling is fake and I wasn't mm-hmm. selling for you. Who's ever going to buy that shirt? I don't even know if it's for sale. I hope it's not. Um, but <laughs> it's it just selling more than me. like fucking Dan Housen shirts. <laughs> it's like, ah. <laughs> but I I just thought it was kind of tacky because of the state that the AEW women's division is in. I mean, it's getting better and better, but especially I don't think you want your champion who's supposed to be a face wearing that. I think that also makes a difference too there. If she's a heel, maybe I'm a little bit more behind that. And speak, I know you're behind on watching Battle of the Belts, but she basically kicked off jamie hater's face at <laughs> that match too like it's just like there's a spot where it looks like she kicked her fucking face off and she did legitimately get a broken nose i guess too so oh yeah like, i heard that uh it's just it's irony and i don't know it's man their whole that was actually going to be my kind of moment of the week actually was jamie hater getting that pinfall in the tag match because her match became more meaningful and it just doesn't seem like there's any meaning behind the women's division they brought in what is her name madison ray madison rain um, Rain, but yeah. her match was rough. Uh, like, like shit, that's your coach. Like uh, maybe there's creativity behind the scenes that I don't see, but that was not a good debut. And then she immediately goes into kind of what you're saying of like, she becomes a number one challenger to Jade. And what is Athena doing? What is Chris Statlander doing? Like if you're saving it yeah. for the pay-per-view, that's fine, but just say that. Give give a reason. They look like shit and they got beat up last time and it doesn't like they just aren't doing anything. It it's so weird. It's yeah, it's it's truly odd the way that they're they're handling that and um I've been also secretly hoping kind of referencing the news of the week that I brought up earlier with Sasha and Naomi. I've been like hoping that one of them would be that open challenger for Jade on Wednesday just because First of all, I'd love to see all those uh, wrestling journalists that can never break news actually be wrong when they say that there's been an agreement. Uh, But also, they need it because at this point, Athena winning doesn't look great. She's looked like a clown this whole time. She's been feuding with Jade, Chris Statlander, same thing. And they just have no, no regard, really, it feels like, for making this seem like a legitimate you know, division at this point. Yeah. It's underwhelming. And it's a shame because you have talent like Jamie Hader, um, man, oh man, that her matches this, this week were so legit and stiff and crisp. And that's who should be the coach. Like I'm, that's what I was thinking when I was watching that match with, uh, uh, Madison, I was like, Oh my God, Jamie Hader should be the one that's coaching everyone. She's a female William Regal in the ring. Like that's what I see. Yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't, um, isn't Claudio married to like the head women's trainer in NXT? Yeah. Um, Sarah, Sarah Del, Del Rey. Rey. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. It would be really nice if she found her way to AEW or something because they clearly need 
need a little bit more guidance. They need somebody just leading it, I think, at this point. I think Tony, just his priorities are elsewhere. Um, and he's busy. I get it. He runs like 14 companies. Um, and he's doing the head booking. I think we saw a little bit of a, a positive push this last week with him at least getting some more people that are going to be a part of talent relations and hopefully yeah. fixing some of the problems. Clearly, he's a listener of the show. We talk about it. Things get done. So uh, I would like to see that continue to happen and maybe see that women's division get a little bit more of a um, like a head almost, you know, basically find a Tony over the women's division, let them completely run it at this point. He's, uh, he's definitely stretched out too thin and it's a uh, football season's coming up. You don't want uh, those Jacksonville Jaguars to, uh, to slip up in any way. So he can't really be uh, taking all that time. We need someone else new in there. Is, is there really slipping up when you're a Jaguars or is it's just, you're always. They, they need to at least win one game this year. I don't know. I mean, Urban Meyer. Hopefully, not probably, the, hopefully, not, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Oh, the, uh, damn it. That was going to be my joke. I was going to say that who needs to be coaching the women's division is Urban Meyer. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we don't want to. He's got to keep his hands up at all times. No, yeah, I was going to say hands up. No foolery. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. I mean, I can, but I can't. My God. Oh uh, boy. Um, <laughs> it's also funny too. Just you mentioned Claudio married to the trader NXT. I just love how insulated the world is of wrestling. Like probably like Wardlow's married to like WWE's accountant, and like just how <laughs> random like things are. Just like well, you guys are married. What the fuck? A lot of dipping your pen in company ink in the wrestling well, yeah, business. Competitor. Well, they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, well, let's move on to our anticipation for uh, this upcoming week and what's to come. So, Chris, what do you have? Quake by the Lake. I love that name for a show. Uh, I love all these dusty roads-ish rhymings or alliteration kind of things. I don't know. I'm a I'm a Cody's got to be mark so pissed that he left. <laughs> I know, um, but no, I'm I'm looking forward to the tornado tag with the Lucho Bros and uh, Andrade and Rush. I think that's gonna Rush, excuse me. That's gonna be amazing and i like that it's a tornado tag and they're just gonna yep fuck it why it. why bother tagging yeah just make it a clusterfuck and just jump everywhere and it'll be entertaining so i like just the honesty of that of like knowing that it's not going to be a real tag match anyway so have it be this so i think that could be a real sto- show stealer and this is kind of the payoff i think in a way because Andrade has been feuding with the lucha bros for forever in and out in some capacity for a long time so uh, I'm excited to see this match a lot. Yeah, Andrade, he's basically been feuding with them since he came to AEW. Feels like it. Yeah, more he immediately less. wanted he immediately wanted to steal them away from uh, Pack. So oh, yeah. it'll be yeah. it'll be good to see it. I I think him and Roosh make a great team. Would love to see them. I mean, I feel like I say this about every single tag team in AEW, but would love to see them hold titles at some point together. Um, Tornado tag, I completely agree. That's a great way to do it. Just own it. It's the same way with like how the Young Bucks just, they always have Rick Knox, so you know that nobody's going to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. You could have even gotten away with it by making a Lucha Rules match where it's just whoever rolls out of the ring yeah, and yeah. you don't have to tag. But what were you going to say, Sean? No, no, I was just thinking the same thing. Like Lucha Rules just kind of seems to make sense with this match. Why not just go that way? But Tornado yeah, is fine. Yeah, and, and you know what? It probably just makes it simpler for the fans who don't necessarily know what Lucha Rules are. And I mean, not that it's crazy to explain, but just for simplicity's sake, hey, just call it a tornado tag. And, and yeah, we don't need another viral video of someone complaining about what Lucha Rules are and how come it wasn't explained on AEW TV for five weeks. Uh, can I? All right, quick soapbox. Uh, just back to the Mance Horner and Mox thing, the amount of people who think that they're like some big brain analysts for saying uh, AEW, like how, how come I don't know who this Mance Warner person is? AEW doesn't do enough to give me a story. First of all, they did put out a quick promo thing of him. I understand that it was kind of a one-off thing, but the amount of people who just don't think that it like that it's okay to just Google somebody or like just watch the match. And then if you like the match, then Google him after I can understand the idea of there not being any heat towards the match. There not being really any build to it, but to, for the complaint to be just simply like, Oh, I don't know who Mance Warner is like, okay. But like it's, it's 2022. So you could at least, you could Google that if that's your complaint, 
I think he should have a deeper complaint uh, than that. Go off, King. You're the same fucking guy that would have spent four hours downloading an MP3 20 years ago, and you're the same person that looks for the you know perfect five minute of porn to touch yourself to too. So like, don't have to do research. Like, not saying that guy in particular, but it's just like these people (laughs) who get so hot about that. It's like, come on, that's who you are. (laughs) You're playing on the internet all day long. I was gonna say you're on you're on Twitter complaining. I know. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that yeah. So, <laughs> all right, back to positivity, anticipation. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, go off, things, Go off. Um, I'm looking forward to some <laughs> G1 semifinals coming up. Um, things are kind of coming in a little hot. I think there's only like a couple more shows. Some people have already wrapped up all their block matches. It's going to be the A versus B and C versus D, and then the winners of that. So Jay White's kind of running away with the the B block. We knew that was going to happen. Zack Sabre Jr., our boy, tied up with Tanahashi in the C block with uh, six. Zack's only got one more match, though, so it's going to be a little uh, little tricky there. And the D block's really tight. David Finley somehow has the, uh, the lead there, but yeah. everyone's kind of tied with four, and I'm sure there's going to be some play-in matches there to, uh, to add some fuckery at the end, but uh, hopefully Will Ospreay kind of comes out with that, because Jay White, Will Ospreay, and that's, that's the hope. That's the hope. Sean, how have you felt the uh, the A, B, C, D blocks rather than just A and B has played out? Do you like it more? Do you miss the old format? I feel weird just like going, it feels like three shows without seeing Okada in a, in a match, uh, an actual match. Not a, I haven't been watching the, uh, the tag matches. It's just too much work. Too Thanks, much work. But um, uh, I kind of do like it, just kind of seeing the new pairings, the new stuff, and then we'll see. Hopefully, there is some kind of um, political battle at the end with who's who's got the match over who in this way, and where your your um, what did college football call it um, when you had a, a good loss? Yes. Um, oh yeah. Oh, a quality loss. Quality loss. Every Ohio like, State what? loss is a good loss. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um, but it would be cool to see something like that happen and not just the classic, oh, it's the last night of the G1 and the the two people in the B block are facing each other randomly, but that was pre-scheduled. So this kind of little nuance I think will be cool to the the further going of the G1. Yeah, I they feel like for me probably... Out. <laughs> yeah, that and I think for me probably the biggest downfall of like the excitement for me this year was just it seemed like there was nobody that's super... Like, I mean, it was Chase Owens was in it. I don't really care for Jonah that much. Um, even the only AEW guy who I love, Lance Archer, but like he's also been in multiple G1s. So it's kind of, it's not new. We didn't get anything. There wasn't anything super fresh and exciting. So I wish that we would have gotten that with this change in A, B, C, and D blocks. Yeah. Uh, El Fantasmo going back to back from uh, Best of the Super Juniors to this is a lid that's like all they really had in that that regard um jonah and tom lawler being like the new new japan strong guys coming in it's uh it's there Filthy. but it's it's just not uh not quite enough like get brody king in there that's that's what i want to see yeah there's a lot of dead weight i mean i was thinking of it too today i watched some of it and like yoshihashi i was watching yoshihashi oh, and um LP. God, did he fucking go did he yeah. win? LP, and like yeah. that was a good match, but it was like I but still like I don't need to see him. Like you can't get over still, it the fact so that it's old. Yoshihashi. Yeah. 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 And like no no, you know, try not to shit on him, but it's like I just saw it, it's too much. Um Goto's the same way. Like, love the guy, he's solid and stuff, but it's like, eh, it's just you've been in the G one every goddamn year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully we get some some more new blood in the, the coming years. Yeah, I think we talked about it last week. Um, I would love to see them just let some juniors come up for it every year. Yeah, like God. Kushida, see him do one. like, And then part of the, you know, because then you could have a super good junior guy lose. And there's, it's, well, he's facing a heavyweight and he's a junior heavyweight. Exactly. But then when, but, but then when they, they can get a surprise win against somebody too. So I just think that that would be kind of long term. I'd like to see some changes talent wise in the G1 because it was so exciting a few years, you know, pre COVID I, I loved the G1 and this year I just haven't been able to truly get into it. And also I think part of my disappointment was I expected this year to see somebody like a 
Brian Danielson or John Moxley, which, you know, part of that probably got ruined with injuries and, you know, punk being on the shelves and things like that. But, um, my anticipation, uh, for this week is the same as what Sean's was last week. It's the, uh, Darby versus Brody match at quake at the lake, the coffin match, getting to see that these guys just tattooing themselves over this match, kind of psychotic. Uh, especially I think like at least, uh, at least Brody's was kind of cool and it just kind of goes with the flow of his tattoos, but to just tattoo uh, a sentence on your hand, odd choice for Darby, but wild also kind of right on brand for him. So excited to see this match. Hopefully Darby gets to pull out the win, uh, get to see him move on. And uh, I feel like he loses quite a bit, but he, he never, he'll never lose a a coffin match. So these two are going to kill each other. It's going to be insane. And, um, Definitely excited to see what uh, what comes from it. Brody King lives on. He's definitely going over in this. I don't know. I, I think this might be the time Darby finally loses, but you're right. He always wins in a coffin match. It's a specialty. Yeah, that makes the loss a little bit less then because it's protected. You know, like Darby always wins these gimmick matches, so it's not so bad of a loss for Brody. But I do like seeing Brody just win and win and win and win. Like he's been on quite a streak, and he's someone that should have gotten a goddamn Ring of Honor title. I mean, come on. Oh, him versus Claudio. That'd be a stiff match. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That would be. Um. One more thing on anticipation. We're, what, three weeks out from All Out now, I believe. So uh, interested in hearing your boys' thoughts on, um, oh, four weeks out now? Have they even started the build? I think. Yeah, we've seen a few things, right? Sammy and Eddie. Sammy, Eddie, and then we've got Hobbs and Starks. That'll for sure be on there. Um, Sure. I think we'll see Jericho and Danielson. Um. And then I don't know what the what the main title will be though. Uh, that that'll be an interesting. Is Punk going to be back? Either. I know Punk was at uh, what is that C two E two or whatever that come yeah some um, con show, and he didn't have a boot on his foot. So maybe he's coming back. I doubt it. I feel like I feel like there'd be something about him by now. Um, I would imagine we'll also see Red Dragon and Adam Cole against uh, Hangman in the Bucks. Hung bucks. Um, yes, the hung bucks, and I'm not sure what other. Is there anything else that I'm? I mean, obviously, there's going to be some women's matches there, so probably Athena and Jade, Jade. and then I don't know what. And maybe maybe Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm again. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do something like that. I don't know. FDR. I think what they're going to do is. Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll do like a four way match with the girls with with um with uh to- with Thunderstorm and then J- and then Jamie Hayter and um, Brett. Brett. They'll oh. just like the four of them will wrestle. That's my oh, guess. Yeah. I could be off, but I don't know. I guess it's a way to kind of have it both ways, which sucks. But I think that's maybe what they're doing in the moment because they didn't land Sasha Banks. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see it shape up. I think that one of the things that I can uh, definitely criticize is uh, we, we saw a few weeks ago on Busted Open, Tony was defending the fact that there hadn't been a build yet to All Out. And he's like, well, we're still six weeks away. And last year, we didn't even have stuff announced until August 20th. That shouldn't be a badge of honor. Uh, I think it's you know no. unique to be able to sell out. <laughs> It's unique to be able to sell out an event, you know, before a card's announced, something like Forbidden Door, but that shouldn't be the the general protocol. I think you should be building exciting matches. And in there and while we may not have them officially announced as of today, most of them should be pretty clear by now what that's going to be. For sure. Cuz they have an uphill battle. I mean, this is going to be a tough show to beat last year's and Oh, yeah. Man, that was a classic show. I think that was one of the best pay-per-views of all time, and that's what people do think is the best AEW show of all time. So that's it's hard to top that. And you're also in the same building for three nights. And, yeah, it's a pay-per-view. It's going to be special on Sunday. On, what is it, Sunday it's on? Yeah. But yep. 
nevertheless, like you still want to do something special for uh, the pay-per-view that seems very legendary. And with Punk not being there too, perhaps that could really uh, hurt the show. So do you want to get a build going to this soon? Like it's got to happen at some point. Um, I'm guessing Moxley and Malachi Black though, which is totally fine. I like that. Yeah, just yeah, just start the build though, please. That's that's what I, that's all I need. Which yeah. we haven't even seen. We haven't seen really Malachi and Miro have their their feud hasn't really even. Yeah, started. that's right. So that's that's yeah. not going to happen because those Very two true. have to dance and then Sting as well. So yeah, he's kind of tied up. Stang. Uh, that's well, who should that'll... actually pay per view. Uh, one is like is just get. He's not getting any younger. You might as well have him, you know, work pay-per-view in the main event against someone and do the honors for. Hell, you don't even have to do it as as a pay-per-view, I don't think. If you just make it a, you know, a quake at the lake, but somewhere else, you know, I don't know. What, what's the next one going to be? Like, probably something in Nebraska. Fiesta and Siesta Key. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, just have him, have him versus mox or whoever and and get he should get his his one chance to to shine or him versus punk when punk's back i think would actually be uh, a really special match but uh that'll do it for us this week uh and uh, i want to thank everyone once again for uh checking out our website sharing articles uh we've definitely seen some really good growth there and and we're excited about what's to come over the next few months uh please visit us at wrestling latest podcast on instagram and twitter our website, WrestlingElitist.com, for our latest articles and match reviews. Rick Rude, take us home. Hit the music.